find it astonishing that I cannot hear anything in your room that you record in, in your house, until you are about six or seven feet away from your microphone. Because I do you feel mean? like I feel like you can hear everything oh. in my house. Because I can hear it through my headphones. Well, I do. Um, man, I got I got more gunk in the trunk. I do have it on mute. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I unmute it, and then I pick up my mic. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know why yeah. I was just expecting you to keep a, a live microphone waiting <laughs> whenever you're whenever you're not nearly like close to it. Yeah, not in this fucking house. You would hear screaming <laughs> and God knows what. I mean, this is actually kind of a, a tranquil morning. Ooh. But, but some mornings are, are very noisy, very boisterous. <laughs> so we get you to brunch on time. Should we get going? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's show about one thing, watching Curb Your Enthusiasm for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about Season 4, Episode 8, Wandering Bear. But before that, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode, The Surrogate. The real only homework we had from The Surrogate was we recognized a very young Melissa McCarthy before she was really even, you know, before she was on my radar at least. And so uh, anytime we spot a star like that, we want to see what they were up to around this time. And Melissa McCarthy moved to New York to begin her career as a stand-up in New York City, uh, like at Stand Up New York and the Improv. And then she trained at the Actors Studio, which, of course, as has been featured on Seinfeld. Mickey was trying to get into the Actors Studio. And Kramer famously wore his skinny jeans to be his scene partner uh, and, <laughs> and probably screwed all that up for Mickey. Uh, and in the late 90s, she moved to L.A., where she became a member of The Groundlings, the legendary improv and sketch comedy troupe that gave us, uh, you know, countless stars over the years. She made her first television appearance in an episode of the NBC comedy series Jenny, opposite her cousin, Jenny McCarthy. Uh yeah, oh my, a lot of people I forget never that. Even, yeah. I never even put those two together. Okay. Yeah, I know. It makes total sense. It's pretty wild, but uh, yeah, they are cousins. And she made her feature film debut in a minor role in the 1999 comedy Go, which people of my generation love. Have you ever seen that movie? No, I've never even heard it's of it. It's almost like think. a it's almost like an adult sex comedy, I think, from what I gather. <laughs> like because I it, it wasn't as cutesy about sex as the teen sex comedies were it was more like serious and involved like drugs and and crime and, and stuff like that from what i remember and i remember doug lyman i think directed it and the only other thing i think he had done at that point was swingers and so go was on my oh, okay. radar but i never saw it but swingers was like my favorite movie and still is one of my favorite movies and and so i, I don't really know much about it but she is in it and people and and people from my generation love it um, elder millennials, because uh, obviously it came out like the year we graduated high school. So that's going to be, yeah. you know, anything that came out in 99 is going to be amazing. <laughs> so uh, let me see. So then uh, later on, M Melissa McCarthy had roles in movies uh, like Drowning Mona, Disney's The Kid. Have you ever seen that one? That seems like that one might might have, you know, been a touchstone for you. I don't remember. I, oh, oh, is that the I one where not. the guy goes back in time and, and becomes himself? Um <laughs> You know what I mean? Like Bruce Willis. I, yeah, it is. Bruce Willis uh, goes back in time and meets oh, himself as minute. an eight-year-old. Wait a minute. Um, the only things that are coming up when I Google The Kid are 2019 film, The Kid Leroy, 1921 <laughs> film, The Kids Are All Right by The Who, The Kid nice. Who Would Be King, the 2019 movie. Let me just see. The Kid Bruce Willis. Yeah, you really have to Google Disney's The Kid. Yeah, it really yeah, is a poorly, poorly Googleable name. I, oh my God, I've seen this so many times on the <laughs> shelf of Blockbuster. Uh, yeah, yeah, very memorable cover with Bruce Willis, like, sort of looking uh -huh. contemplatively into the horizon Yeah, with a I, sunset uh, behind him, yeah. I couldn't tell you if I've ever, like, seen it start to finish, though. <laughs> Anyway, she's in that movie as Sky Captain Waitress or something like that. So very small role. Charlie's Angels, and they brought her back for the sequel, Charlie's Angels Full Throttle, uh, The Life of David Gale. She also worked in three episodes of Kim Possible, voicing Dean Amy. And in 2000, she was cast as Sookie St. James, the upbeat and klutzy best friend of Lorelai Gilmore on the WB television series Gilmore Girls. So... That was a huge role for her. That was like a breakthrough role for her. And it was, and it was, you know, she was a series regular. She was on like tons of episodes. She was the best friend of the main character. So um, 
I would say even in 2004, like this might skew cameo. You know, like she like Gilmore's girl, Gilmore Girls fans. The crossover between Curb and Gilmore Girls may not be as big as we think, or as big as I think. But Gilmore Girls fans <laughs> watching would have gone, "Holy shit, Sookie St. James, that's cool that she popped up in this episode." So I'm saying, I'm not saying total cameo. I'm saying leans cameo. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> um, the other bit of trivia I found from this episode was. Frank John Hughes, who plays the road rage driver in this episode, and David Schwimmer both starred in another HBO production, Band of Brothers, as William Wild Bill Gunner and Herbert Sobel, respectively. So a little, <laughs> I don't know, HBO, a little network crossover. Yeah, there. cool. Um, all right. And that's all from trivia and tidbits and homework. Let us now consult the book. From the what they were thinking portion of the book, Wanda Sykes said, Larry gets a kick out of me yelling at him and getting in his shit. So I think people enjoy that. I yell at him <laughs> when he needs to be yelled at. People like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree. It's a highlight of the episode when when Wanda pops up, especially in the way yeah. that was. <laughs> Yeah. I, especially like uh, the last couple of episodes where it's just like the, the Western uh, musical flourish. The... Jack Gallagher, the doctor, who we pointed out had kind of a rapport with Larry already it one that like your actual doctor might have with you and he was very personable and affable um in that in that role well the actor Jack Gallagher said when I got to the audition Larry was in the other room making a phone call but the director told me that Larry and I would be getting into a fight so when Larry came into the room and said hi I'm Larry I said sit down and shut up (laughs) (laughs) and I guess that sealed it that's such a crapshoot, though. Like, you know, I mean, that, nine times out of ten, that that may not work. You know what I mean? Like, and, mm-hmm. and for actors to go in and like, you, a, you want to set yourself apart, but b, you want to be what they're looking for, and that just like, I, I, I couldn't do it. It's just got to be maddening to to toe that line and go, you know, can I? Should I? Should I be the nail that stands up, or should I just play it play it straight, and then they can direct me when we get on set and I get the job? I don't know. It's got to be crazy, uh, and and not mind numbing. <clears throat> but that's what I'll say. I don't know. Uh, brain scrambling. Uh, and then we just get another little Larry in action s- transcript of him complaining about the waiting room reading material for this. Uh, man, they were really, I feel like as we, now that we're like in the, the, the trivia pages in the book are not as good as they have been. I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like season one <laughs> through three, they were great. We get like all this interesting trivia about that stuff. And now it's like, uh, the, I passed the audition and, People like it when Wanda yells at Larry. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we could have guessed. Yeah, we we did like it. Thank you for reminding us. Um, So that's all from the book. All right. Do we have any news or anything? Uh, Nothing too huge. Uh, I I did see that the Comedians in Coffee, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee book is out. And I think shot to the top of the coffee table book bestsellers or whatever Uh, from what I saw. So it beat out uh, Kramer's coffee table book? Yes, it did. It did. Finally knocked it off the top spot after all Damn, these years. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and by the way, Jerry Seinfeld is playing Erie again. Yeah. Remember yeah, he played going, when... Uh, going back yeah. on tour. He's, he played Erie, like, I think three weeks into us yeah. having this show. And we were like, man, what do you think the chances are of us getting to interview Jerry? And we're like, wow, <laughs> our expectations were way too high. Yeah, I think... <laughs> Even both of us knowing it would, it, there was a snowball's chance in hell was too high of expectations. Yeah. <laughs> like both of us knowing it, it was definitely not going to happen was like still too high of expectations. <laughs> but 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 to be fair, neither one of us reached out to anybody to make it happen. We That's just, very I true. Think, tweeted That's at very him. True. Yeah, but- <laughs> tweeted at. I'm sorry. Tweeted at his intern. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who did not to, show it to him. To, to be fair, both of us at, at the time were well-connected radio people, <laughs> and, and and the uh, the board that decides on who they're coming in has some interaction with uh, with our yeah. bosses at that time. Uh, but we could have, again, yeah, th- yeah, we we could, we could have pulled some strings, uh, but that would require our bosses to literally pay attention to anything we were doing outside of you know what yeah what uh they were involved in yeah yeah but that see we would have done all that work and then it still wouldn't have worked out and then we would have felt foolish so yeah. the lesson is yeah. don't try <laughs> exactly yeah. homer simpson himself always don't try just imagine what could have been and that's almost <laughs> as good uh but yeah i saw that and and also that richard lewis is officially confirmed 
for Curb Your, the new season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, which I thought he already was, but maybe he started his production on it or something, but that was going around the internet as well. <laughs> and Richard Lewis is, is back for this coming season. They, uh, they, they, they yeah. save the Richard Lewis announcement for later on, hoping that people will be like, oh man, when's Richard Lewis going to be announced? <laughs> and then they finally yeah. announce him, and he's hoping like for this big like fervor of support, <laughs> and then everyone's like, oh yeah, cool, I guess. Yeah, because I'm almost certain it was already announced, but then for some reason it was going, you know, it was going around again. So there it is. Richard Lewis, Lewis Heads, you're going to be very pleased with the upcoming season. Tim. He's back. Tim. What? The, the name oh. Dickheads is right there. You were right. You're right. I saw it as soon as you said, as soon as you, yeah, Dickheads. <laughs> I think he would appreciate that fan uh, name as well. Oh, I'm a total dickhead. all right right. uh if you have never listened to us before we are not a research heavy show despite the last 17 ish minutes uh being almost exclusively research and bullshit we like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episode and assign them to ourselves the week following as though we are giving ourselves homework I've never seen these episodes before. Tim has never seen these episodes before in the last 20 years. Uh, if we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at NoHugging on Twitter or show at gmail.com. Both those links are down in the description or on the show description page on Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts and or and slash or a five-star rating uh, on Spotify. No written review on Spotify. They they do not want your words on mm. Spotify. Um, it, it really does help the show out. helps us get in front of more people that would like to listen to us. If you'd like us a little bit more than that, you can join us over on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash no hugging, where for five bucks a month, you can join the It's a Hyundai tier and get early access to every single episode, which comes with clipped content that does not make the free feed. And uh, now that we're gearing up for Christmas, it is the holiday season. And uh, uh, I was trying to think, is it Bing Crosby that sang that? It's the holiday season. Um, Dean Martin, I think, did the famous one. Dean Martin? Dee-doo. Yeah. The group chat has been very active on uh, what movies we should be talking about for the holiday season. So if you've got any input, uh, we will only listen to your input if you are a patron. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or if I mean, you're not, and then you say, I'll join if you do this movie, That's that oh, gets us as well. That, yeah, yeah. We will, we will That's also... almost more valuable than people who are already giving us money. Yeah. <laughs> don't, 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 don't say that. Jesus. Whoops. Whoop-dee-doo. <laughs> uh, yeah, patreon.com slash no hugging. Uh, getting ready for holiday season over there. Five bucks a month, early access to every single episode and movie reviews. Uh, all that being said, season four, episode eight, Wandering Bear. Original air date, February 29th, 2004. Leap day, a leap day episode. Oh, yeah. And if you are looking in TV Guide that night, uh, you are going to see a surreptitious video purchase endangers Larry's relationship with his assistant, Antoinette. Huh. Can I ask you, have we known his assistant's name before this? Not that I know of. I believe okay, the cool. first time we hear it is it, it, true to form in the last <laughs> five minutes of this episode. <laughs> good. Good. Because yeah. I, I, I thought I was fucking stupid. Nope. I don't think so. Because I've written assistant every single time. And I, and you think a character like that who pops up over and over Phew. again, we would have gotten her yeah. name by now. Yeah. <laughs> But it's just nope. one of those things. It's like, oh, yeah, you know her. I'm yeah. like, Antoinette. Uh, do, do we? Yeah. Yeah. Thank goodness they put assistant in his assistant, Antoinette, because if they yeah. just said Antoinette, we would have been like, what the hell? Yeah. If it just says uh, ruined his relationship with Antoinette, we both would have been like, who, who is this? And then Marilyn gets involved. And oh, then no. Marilyn. Oh, man, fuck be- Marilyn. I love the Marilyn Antoinette episodes. They're the best. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that whole Marilyn Antoinette arc where they rob a bank. God yeah. damn it. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. Uh, we start at home and Larry is watching the Girls Gone Wild infomercial. Uh, and this uh, episode I, is. I, yeah. I wanted to ask you real quick. Do you think this is like the full 30 minute infomercial or is this like the, the 60 or 90 second commercial? I, I, I took this to be the infomercial. 
Yeah, because it's still on after like a five minute conversation with yeah, Cheryl yeah. later in the scene. So yeah, it's the one they used to show in the middle of the night on Comedy <laughs> Central. That was like just yeah, like thirty minutes of or of censored yeah or. At 6 a.m. Because if you're like me, you know that they also replayed it early, <laughs> early did, in the morning. I did not know that. I figured by 6 a.m. they'd already be playing, nope. I don't know, an old episode of SNL or something in 2004. Nope. Wow. They sure were definitely playing the Girls Gone Wild infomercial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if, I mean, if, you were, if you were a boy going through puberty and you were able to wake up early, it was great. Yeah, or or whether you were a you know a, a college kid and you were you know after the Daily Show and, and whatever episode of SNL they played after that, you you know you kept it on. Like what what man hasn't been transfixed by the Girls Gone Wild infomercial at one point in their lives? I, I defy if you say you haven't, I I I defy you and say that you're lying because it was just great late night TV watching. You know before like Howard Stern came on E and you could get like some oh, more geez. sex talk there and see some see some more censored strippers doing their thing. Yeah, it was it was a golden age of basic cable. <laughs> and it's the most like 2000. This episode is like 2000 in, in a couple different ways. But this is one of the most. First of all, that he's watching a Girls Gone Wild infomercial. And second of all, that he wants to order the VHS. Oh, God. Girls Gone yeah. Wild. D- DVDs <laughs> were a thing in 2004. Oh, like, totally. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and Larry's got the money. You're telling me he does not have a DVD player? <laughs> well, he doesn't have an AV guy to hook it up, so I guess that might be. Oh, maybe that's Lord. why. Yeah, it's still broken from when Richard Lewis tried to to watch his thing. Um, but I love that Jeff calls and's like, "Hey, Channel Fifty Seven, are you watching?" <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, and also hasn't wasn't you know? I mean, I'm not gonna do any research. Well, let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google <laughs> Girls Gone Wild later. Okay, I'm yeah. like Good, do, good, do that. Yeah, we'll do a little, uh, we'll do a little background on them because I'm like, wasn't Girls Gone Wild a thing for years before 2004? And like Jeff's calling, like, hey, don't miss it. They're playing that new infomercial again. What is this? You know, and I liked their riff back and forth. What is this? Like, they're they're college girls and they've gone wild. <laughs> I love oh that explanation. <laughs> they've gone wild. Okay. There, there was a was it a Seinfeld line or is it some other uh, comedy? Uh, where someone's like, the girls, they're going wild. <laughs> that does sound, that does sound familiar. Oh, I don't God. know what it could okay, be. Okay, yeah, I have no idea what that is, but it's going to drive me nuts. But I'm remembering that um, Arrested Development had a storyline with Zach Braff playing the, and it, it was, it's amazing when you see the, the guy that, the girls gone wild guy, that Joe, whatever his name was, you know, because they, the guy they got to play that role was Zach Braff. And they really do look alike uh, when you like they had the same kind of hairstyle and everything like that. But the video series in Arrested Development was called uh, Girls with Low Self-Esteem. <laughs> oh, I uh, I found out where the line is from. OK, with a with a simple Google. I, I you know, I was almost sure uh, when I Googled this, it was not going to come up with uh, what I intended. But yeah, I right. Googled Mean Girls, Girls Gone Wild and sure enough, it's from Mean Girls. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Wow, I don't remember that. Uh, yeah, but Joe Francis is the guy's name who who founded it, or whatever you want to say. Founded almost sounds too... Yeah, gives him too much credit. Yeah, yeah he founded Girls Gone Wild. No, he, he just... He, he was, like, the face of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, founded is even too much gravitas for something like Girls Gone Wild. It's like, he came up with it, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I, I actually don't know the background. I don't know what he had to do with it, whether he was the first guy to pick up the there, camcorder or, or what, but there, we'll find there out. There is yeah. a good uh, Hulu documentary, I think, about oh, yeah. uh, about him and uh, the whole Girls Gone Wild empire. I can't remember what yeah. it is. So anyway, they're watching Girls Gone Wild, and they want to order the video. They need to see the girls going wild, and they can't. it can't be mailed to Jeff's place. How about Larry's office? My question is, how about Jeff's office? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but maybe Susie is too nosy in that aspect too. We got to avoid Susie. Yeah. So Jeff's we, like, we know. don't know if Jeff has an assistant. We've never seen Jeff have an assistant. Right, right, right. Um, he's got to be able to get it clandestinely, but, but I guess not. So they're going to order it to Larry's office and Cheryl comes in and Larry uh, flips the channel quickly to a hippo, uh, nature documentary about hippos. <laughs> and here, Oh, here's the other two thousands thing in this scene alone. Girls gone wild infomercial. And Cheryl looking for her Palm Pilot. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh. Yeah. Because cell phones, of course, just made calls. Like, didn't even text at this point. You had one line that showed what number you were dialing. Well, by 2004, 
I will say that you probably could receive. I remember I had like the classic Nokia brick and you could receive text messages, but it was not easy to send or receive. You're still dealing with T9. You know, it, mm-hmm. it wasn't the it still wasn't the preferred method of, of communication. So but also the fact that Palm Pilots were still around in 2000 was hilarious because I'm sure they still had like LCD screens and, you know, the whole eat up Martin thing <laughs> or eat up Martha. kind of thing. <laughs> um, uh, but she's looking for a Palm Pilot. Larry needs to deal with the poison oak in the backyard. And luckily, as Larry says, Jeff knows an Indian guy. So, you know, we had this great storyline last episode of Larry being corrected and, and like the fact that Mulatto is out of date. And yet everybody just uses the word Indian in yep. this episode. Yep, even Wandering sure Bear himself, even Wandering Bear himself, which sort of, you know, I mean, like, like Wandering Bear, you got to imagine the actor wrote that because it's all they didn't say, hey refer to yourself as an Indian or else you're off the set or whatever. <laughs> like, um, so the fact that he says that I feel like gives them a little bit of a pass, you know, like I wish they would have, yeah, I wish I, they would have said native American, but I, I guess so. So, so yeah, they, they still, they say Indian, everyone says Indian in this episode and nobody corrects it. But, but to that, to the point that you just brought up, wandering bear doesn't seem to care. So you know what? It'd be nice if Larry evolved, and Wandering Bear probably wouldn't care if Larry said Native American, but Wandering Bear himself says Indian later, and he's of an older generation. You can tell that 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 came around when that phrase was, you know, when that term was still used, and and it doesn't offend him, you know. And so, someone younger, someone different, it might, and you would hope that Larry would adjust. I yeah. guess is is the point. But interestingly enough, Larry says that Wandering Bear is immune to poison oak. Is that a thing that Native Americans can be, or that anybody can be immune to? Uh, I don't know about He's immune that. To that, it? that feels that feels kind of weird. That feels like um, deaf people or blind people have better hearing, and all black guys have big wangs. Level yeah, of uh, sort of it, like urban legend stereotyping. Yeah, th- there, it, it sounds like there's a there's also a uh, a very like popular thing in professional wrestling, Tim. Mm-hmm. That uh-huh. okay. uh, it, no one ever thinks about being like just ki- kind of racist at it at its core. <laughs> but uh, the the thing is that Samoan wrestlers have uh, like very hard skulls. So if you get uh, a headbutt by a Samoan wrestler, you immediately take a bump and you fall oh, down. Like e- even even if it's just like j- just like a, a very simple like forehead bump. And I'm oh like, my oh, God. like no no one thinks about the history of that. I'm like, oh, we're literally oh, no. saying that they are as dumb as rocks, and, and yeah, they have and, they, and they have like a, a head full of concrete. And that's like yeah, that's like phrenology level. Like that's Django Unchained. Yeah, you yeah, know, that's Monsieur Candy level bad. of scientific understanding about <laughs> like that whole tirade that Leo goes on uh, about the the skull of the black man in that yeah. in Django and Jane. <laughs> yeah, my God. But, but but no one no one fucking thinks of that, and, yeah. and it's still like <laughs> thankfully like major companies have gotten away from that that they just don't like you know yeah. mention anything about it now. Yeah. But like you'll still see like lower level independent companies that are like really playing that up. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. What can you do? Hopefully it hopefully it all evolves. <laughs> <laughs> um also the thing about Samoans that I've heard is that they are able to uh you know, their olfactory senses regarding, you know, what may be being prepared in the kitchen is is much better. That I have never heard. That's, you know, like they they always think you should be able to smell what they're cooking is what I'm saying. Motherfucker. (laughs) God fucking damn it. That's just what I've heard. Like, I don't want to stereotype. I can't believe you got me. I can't believe you got me like that. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Like I was trying to figure out a way to say that. Bra- bravo. In the way that I did. Bravo. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Slightly proud of myself. Slightly proud of myself. Um, <laughs> but I am going to look up to see if this is an urban legend that like Native Americans are immune to poison oak or something. Like, Please do. Please do. Yeah. yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to find that out. So, uh, 
meanwhile, so so Larry's going to call <laughs> Wandering Bear. Meanwhile, Cheryl and Larry are in a bit of a dry spell. They haven't had sex in a very long, the longest since they've gotten married, I think Cheryl says. And A, Larry, you know, had, the dog bit his penis, so that's been healing. But also, Cheryl is off the pill, and so there's there's the danger there that they don't want to get into. And and Cheryl's like, well, you can just wear condoms. And Larry's like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to wear I'm done with condoms, which, by the way, is something we heard George say when he was in a <laughs> monogamous relationship, that he was done with condoms. And so that's why Susan had to go on the hunt for the sponge. Cheryl's like, all right, well, I'll just call on Monday and make an appointment for a vasectomy. And he's like, all right, fine. I'll, I'll wear condoms. I'll buy the condoms. <laughs> uh, rather wear condoms than go under the knife. But uh, he hurries. It, what's funny is like he keeps hurrying Cheryl out of the room. He's like, all right. He's like waving her out. Like, okay, all right. All right. See ya. Cause he wants to get back to his girls gone wild infomercial. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like rushing Cheryl out of the room. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, like he could have sex right then, but instead yes. he wants to watch like the biggest cock tease in cable TV history. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're not showing anything, Larry. They're not showing no. anything on comedy central. Believe me. Having studied hours of, of footage. <laughs> Believe us. We know Nothing slips by the censor in that whole thing. <laughs> and so he does pick up the phone and he begins ordering the VHS, but in a really funny like way to the, uh, uh, yes, I was um calling about the uh, video someone told me about uh, the the college girls uh, uh the, the 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 video they're going wild or something. <laughs> Which was weird. Um, but it's like going in, you know, he he still feels like it's going into a porn store, you know, where no one, someone's going to recognize you or whatever. Like the, the call yeah, center yeah. on the other side of the world <laughs> is going to recognize Larry David um, and recognize his voice right off the bat before he even mentions it. I mean, to be uh, fair, in, yeah. to be fair, he's still, I'm assuming, ordering it with his credit card, right? The one right, that says yeah. Larry David on it. Yeah. Is it going to, I mean... Is Larry? I don't know. Is is he a Lawrence David or is um? Let me see. <laughs> oh, he is a Lawrence Gene David. So it might be L Lawrence G David. Mm, yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Might might have so himself he, saved there. Might be able to get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So at Larry's office, which I don't think is new. I think it's just a different exterior. I think because the interior is the same. Yeah. But I yeah. don't think he's moved offices again. Uh, but his assistant is distraught because she and her boyfriend Marvin broke up, and Larry could not care less, very visibly so, which was, he's yawning, he's talking about other stuff on the, he's still giving her tasks to do, after she's done venting to him, he's like, alright, well, I, uh, I, I still have some stuff for you to do. <laughs> <laughs> and some of that stuff is oh, oh yeah because not only is he yawning and, and very bored with the conversation he's like what are, what are those mentos ah oh, how do they get the essence of the orange so so good in <laughs> mentos jesus christ yeah and so one of the tasks is get mentos i want i want mints and fresh breath stuff everywhere in the car and and so you know so i'm never i can open the the console and i can get out a mint and um he's like and also cancel lunch with jeff small tell him um you know, it's my mother's unveiling or something. And I'm and what is an unveiling? Do you have any idea? Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, it sounds like, I mean, I'll look it up. But it sounds like, it, uh, you know, it's going to be another testimonial thing. Um, what is what is an unveiling? I, I'm guessing because his mother has passed away, it has something to do with <laughs> an official portrait or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what it sounds like. Oh, they're unveiling obama's presidential portrait or whatever you know um i have no idea what it is but maybe we'll find out uh i doubt it just based on testimonial from last uh, last time but uh and so she's like and and she's sort of upset that larry is unconcerned about her relationship troubles and so i like that she breaks down the task to uh okay so you want me to lie and get treats for the car that's those are the tasks <laughs> <laughs> And she's also distraught about the Girls Gone Wild video that has shown up at the office. And she thinks it's disgusting. But Larry says it's for Jeff. He's like, I know, it, it is. I'm going to talk to him about this. <laughs> uh, in the office, Jeff brings Larry some Everlast condoms. Because Larry, one of the, you know, one of the things that Larry doesn't like about condoms is having to buy them. He gets embarrassed. And I, I believe we had the same issue in the Seinfeld universe at some point, because I remember talking about how conventional wisdom has changed about all that. And it's like not a big deal anymore to be embarrassed to buy birth control. But Jeff brings these Everlast condoms. He's like, you can go all night. And I, this was one of my favorite back and forths 
between them because Larry is like, who would want to go all night? It's boring. Uh, and he, I love the motion he makes like, uh. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I love his line. He's like, I want a condom called get it over with. <laughs> Somehow I didn't catch that. Yeah. And Jeff's like, fucking's boring. You're saying fucking is boring. And he like moves his hip back and forth while he's, while Larry's sitting and he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, this, uh, boring. <laughs> so hilarious uh but so and and jeff is gonna hook larry up with the wandering bear info but he's like don't mention that you got it from me because he's pissed at us because Susie doesn't want to pay him because it went two hundred dollars over the estimate and i like what jeff and larry say here like it, it's an estimate you know like yeah yeah it, it's an estimate why 200 bucks over that's not crazy especially for millionaires, you know, but Larry wants to fire his assistant, which is what I'm still writing at this point. Cause we don't know her name because she's, you know, too obsessed with her, too preoccupied with her relationship. And she's been slipping for weeks and weeks and, and, but he can't fire her because she knows too much about him. All of his dietary stuff, all of the, uh, you know, his web of lies that he's weaved and stuff like getting the girls gone wild VHS delivered to the office which jeff is super excited about he's like oh let's go to my house right now and watch it <laughs> together and yeah, this was one of my favorite on yeah. the same couch let's uh, let's let's sit and uh, right next to each other and go watch this the same thing one of my favorite references because he's like, let's go watch it right now and larry's like let's we'll watch it together we'll have an autofocus party and jeff's like yeah i'll have an autofocus party did you get that reference no i didn't so it's a reference to a great movie with greg kinnear and Willem <laughs> Dafoe called Autofocus about Bob Crane, the star of Hogan's Heroes, who was, I think people found out a little bit later when he was murdered. Uh, and I don't know if the murder has ever been solved, but Bob Crane was murdered. People suspect by his swinging partner, um, this he, Bob Crane was this humongous sex fiend. I think people knew that <laughs> while he was alive, like behind the scenes in the way that like, People in the 40s and 50s knew secrets about the stars before, you know, tabloids and social media and everything were so pervasive. But Bob Crane was like, and he was like an early adopter of audiovisual technology, home recording and stuff like that. So he would make like sex tapes and have these giant orgies and stuff with his buddy played in the movie by Willem Dafoe. And their relationship got to the point where people think that um, I'll just call him Willem Dafoe because I forget the weirdo's name that, <laughs> that, you know, he swung with uh, murdered him. At, at some point and i don't think and so they made a movie about it called autofocus which is really really good and willem dafoe plays that weirdo that probably murdered him but yeah like i said i don't i don't know if they ever uh actually solved the murder but it's uh it, it's a wild story a wild story but yeah so they would make these sex tapes and then they would watch them together uh and and it was freaky it was a, it was a <laughs> scene Christ. man yeah <laughs> so that's why they call it an autofocus party because uh, autofocus probably just came out over at jeff's and and you're right they are sitting too close to each other to watch a porn together. <laughs> <laughs> They're on a love seat about to watch this thing, uh, which is, you know, you don't want to sit on a love seat with your bro while you're about to watch Girls Gone Wild, you know. But hey, Jeff and Jeff and Larry, it's an autofocus party. Uh, Larry, though, needs to get his other glasses. He's wearing these, these bifocals and it's not working. He needs to go out to his car and get his glasses. And Jeff is not a pauser, but Larry does <laughs> convince him uh, to pause the video while he goes outside. He leaves the door open, though, and when he comes back to the couch, Oscar has gotten out. Oscar left the house while Larry was going to get his glasses and left the door open. And so Jeff and Larry are driving around looking for Oscar. Larry waves to a Prius guy and does not get a wave back, which Jeff is like, I, I don't wave at everybody who drives the same car I do. And Larry's like, we're Prius drivers. We're a different breed, <laughs> which is a funny, you know, like that was definitely, and I point to the south park episode about prius drivers oh my god yeah the, yeah uh, so the... <laughs> smelling their own farts <laughs> yeah uh, thing and and the the perfect storm of george clooney's acceptance speech taking credit for the civil rights like hollywood taking credit for the civil rights movement and the perfect storm of all of the farts of prius owners um, <laughs> mi mixing and, and making a horrible weather event i forget but so you know like the prius was think of it like tesla these days like Prius was like the first of its kind on the market. So they really did feel like they were doing something special and they were a special breed and and, and they were better than everybody else and, and they should wave to each other, I guess. Um, and Larry's shocked that he does not get a wave back. Um, and so he wants to see what's up with this guy. 
But before they can make contact with the Prius driver, this was a weird sequence because Larry like slams on the brakes and they're like, Oscar! And then Oscar's just sort of like sitting in front of their car when they get out. And I guess the implication was that Larry hit Oscar, but it, it it's not clear until they say like, I, I don't think I hit him. I don't even think I hit him. Um, it just seems like they they stopped while he was laying down in the middle of the street. I don't know. It was it was it was oddly. I understand they couldn't you know film them hitting a dog or even yeah. <laughs> wanted to do the special effects of like hitting a dog. Like they, but, they didn't uh, even have like the car like I don't know run over a speed bump. Like the, the yeah, there was no yeah. There was no they, sound. Like, you figured there'd be a thump or something. Yeah, there's there's no thump. The, the car comes to a screech and you hear a, a very faint. Arr. Yeah, yeah. So it's almost like oh, he was laying there and. And we stopped just in time. <laughs> like I don't even I didn't even get the impression that they hit, they hit Oscar. Um and he seems okay and they're like did did you hit I don't even think I hit him. No, I don't think you hit that dog. And and they're worried about it. like should we take him to the vet? It, like if we take him to the vet, then Susie's going to find out and it's going to be a whole thing. So they decide to monitor Oscar while they watch the video. And they agree that if Oscar seems funny at all, they'll stop the video right away and, and go to the vet. <laughs> But they'll just keep an eye on him while they watch Girls Gone Wild. Back at home, post-lovemaking session between Larry and Cheryl, uh, Larry is is congratulating himself on a job well done, but Cheryl comes out of the bathroom and she is completely numb down there. And what they <laughs> are able to deduce is that Larry put the condom on inside out. So the numbing agents that would help you ever last and go all night ended up inside Cheryl, and she's just uh, just completely, completely numb. Uh, meanwhile, Jeff calls, and Larry explains the condom situation that he blames Jeff for getting him into, but they have bigger problems because Oscar is very lethargic, and his bark is emasculated. He, he doesn't have a bark anymore, and so Susie is on the warpath. She's going to find out what happened between Jeff and Larry and what they did to Oscar, and she's yelling, and Jeff has to go. But at, before he goes, he does say, sorry about Cheryl's vagina. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in Larry's backyard, Cheryl is still numb, still no feeling down there. And Wandering Bear is doing the landscaping work. And Larry tells him that he should demand the money that Susie owes him. You know, the, uh, he's in the right here. And then he takes the occasion, too, to explain the numb situation, Cheryl's numb vagina. And... <laughs> <laughs> wonders if wandering bear might have some sort of cure for that and yeah. this was such a funny yeah another another part of this that i i don't want to skip over uh just because wandering bear is native american larry <laughs> just assumes he's some type of shaman you're kind of a shaman right <laughs> yeah, yeah that, like, was. Oh, that doesn't feel good <laughs> You have uh, mystical Native American spirits that you commune with, right? <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of uh, The Prophecy, a movie that we watched for, for Patreon, I believe, over probably over Halloween, I would imagine. It would make sense uh, over Halloween, but I feel like it was earlier. Yeah, it, it, um, it was not that long ago. Yeah, but, uh, but it does involve you know mystical Native American spirits uh, in a way. Um, but yeah, you're, you're kind of a shaman, right? Uh, he, he is immune to poison oak, so he's got some sort of power. But yeah, so, but I loved this exchange where he's like, do you have a pencil and paper? And Larry's like, I have a pen. He's like, that's the same thing. <laughs> well, you know, and then Larry, I love when Larry gets pedantic and trivial. It's like, you could have just moved on just right then. I have a pen. And Wandering Bear could have said, well, they're kind of the same thing. Like, yeah, you're right. Here you go. But no, Larry has to go, well, you got pencil's got an eraser. <laughs> You make a mistake. It's like they both write. <laughs> I love the the low key conversation that they have back and forth <laughs> of no consequence about nope. is a pencil the same as a pen? Yeah. And if someone asks for a pencil, can you give them a pen and not expect any pushback? Like it was so so funny. I love that so much. But so he, he eventually does settle on the the pen and paper, and he writes down a cure, which Larry is excited to give to Cheryl uh, in Larry's office. Uh, the assistant has forgotten to cancel lunch. Jeff Smalls called Larry's office or Larry's uh, home, wondering where he was because he showed up for lunch, and so that's embarrassing. And then she also ignores when the phone rings because she's talking about again her relationship situation, preoccupied with what is going on with Marvin. This is a phone call over at Jeff's. Wandering Bear has cured Cheryl. We find out uh, as Jeff and Larry are hanging out. And so everything, all the feelings back down there. But Oscar is still not great. And 
The secret is safe, though. What happened with Jeff and Larry and Oscar? No one, uh, you know, Jeff has still not spilled the beans. Um, and and Larry says, this was one of my favorite lines. I remember this for some reason from this episode all these years later when um, Larry's like, Here, I take this condom back. I'm not using these anymore uh, because of what happened with Cheryl and all that. And Jeff's like, oh, I can't use them either. My doctor said it's not good for me to go too long with my heart. And Larry's like, oh, I don't know. This is a young man's condom. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> this is a young man's condom. It is. Uh, but Susie, we get a classic Western fanfare stare down as she appears <laughs> Just at out the of back nowhere. door. Yeah. yeah, out of nowhere, staring at Larry, coming back, I believe, from the vet with Oscar. And she is, you know what? This is probably culturally insensitive for me to say. I've said it several times during the run of this podcast. She's on the warpath. Oh, that's a... Oh yeah, right. We yeah. never considered that. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. It's almost like you're more at fault than I am, Ted, for not catching him. <laughs> 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 but I probably won't stop saying it. I'm sorry. Um, let me know if you're offended. I, I feel uh, like that's been co-opted enough to to just be common vernacular. Excellent. Maybe? Excellent. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there are bigger bigger fish to fry in the in the world of of culturally appropriated terminology, possibly offensive. Um, but Susie is, is like, I'm going to find out what happens. By the way, it's Oscar's voice box. It's like he's been strangled, which I thought was weird because even if he did get hit by a car, like, did that wouldn't put the same squarely, pressure. <laughs> yeah, did it hit him squarely in the voice box? Squarely in the neck. The bumper <laughs> only hit his neck. Yeah, it's weird. I'm like, I thought it was something that was going to come out later that like he did get strangled or something, but... Or his 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 collar got caught on something. Yeah, you know, it's just weird. So weird. Yeah, it's a weird injury for him to have based on what we know about what happened to him. But it's funny that Larry is like, "Oh, you better not tell Susie what I did." But he throws Jeff under the bus immediately, essentially telling <laughs> Susie what happened. But like, maybe Jeff left the door open. He's like, "No, Jeff wouldn't do that. Maybe he went out to his car to get something and he left the door open." Like, completely telling on Jeff, and Jeff is like upset, but rolling his eyes at at Larry and like shut up like you're you're giving up the, the game but uh, but saying that I did what you did but Susie's like she vows to get to the bottom of this like she always does I'm gonna get to the bottom of this uh, back at home wandering bear asks Cheryl about her vagina how is your vagina she's like it's <laughs> getting better and that's as Larry pulls up and so Cheryl uh, you know expresses to Larry how kind of offended she was that you know, Wandering Bear talks so casually about her vagina affliction. Um, and But Larry, I love his take on this. He thinks some gratitude is in order. Well, did you thank him? <laughs> did you thank him for the... Oh, I I believe, you know, you could have been pretty... You know, you could have been gracious. He's the one that, that fixed it. So you could have said thank you. <laughs> uh, but he does talk to Wandering Bear about it. And I think this is, I think this is where he's like, you know, maybe in Indian culture... It, it, you know, you can talk about those kind of things, but um, it's also odd the way Wandering Bear absolves himself. He's like, well, if you took her to the white man's doctor, he not only would have asked, he would have looked. <laughs> <laughs> and Larry's like, you got a point. You got a point, Wandering Bear. No, he doesn't. That's a person <laughs> with an MD. That's a person like, you know, Wandering Bear is not actually, despite anything that, that Larry has ascribed to him, he is not actually a medical professional. Like, there's a bit of a difference, I think, in, in between a doctor, you know, an actual OBGYN taking a look and Wandering Bear, uh, your landscaper taking a look. Not to take anything away from his spiritual powers, but um, he does say, you know, like, hey, you know, just maybe don't bring it up like that. Meanwhile, Larry's assistant pulls up, uh, bringing Larry a package from his business manager that he was expecting, but she forgot to go by Mel Brooks's and pick up some music that Larry was expecting as well. So Larry kind of addresses the lapse in duty, and the assistant just goes off. She's fed up with Larry. You know what? I quit. I don't have to put up with this anymore. And she starts yelling about all the secrets that she's going to tell everybody in town, especially about the girls, the college girls gone wild. It was weird <laughs> that they kept calling it college girls gone wild. I wonder if that was – it obviously wasn't to get around any sort of copyright or anything because yeah. they were showing everything on screen. M maybe they, maybe yeah. that's just like the, the specific tape that yeah, Larry ordered. Been. Yeah, it must have been in like one of the one of the offshoots or one of the like this is specifically don't worry, you won't see any twenty four year olds 
It's all college <laughs> girls gone wild. It's all 18 to 22 year olds. Yeah, barely legal, if you know what I mean. We didn't even check, but you know, we're we just, just assumed. We just assumed. We just yeah. assumed and hit record. Putting college on the box gets us out of all sorts of legal trouble. These are all college girls gone wild. Larry panics about the situation to Cheryl. And he's like, she's going to tell everybody what I said about you, what I said about Jeff and Susie and Richard Lewis. And she's like, what did you say about me? <laughs> like, oh, did no, I say did, you? No, no, I, I, no nothing, nothing about you. <laughs> that was great. Because in his in his panic, he, he dropped that. He was like, oh, oh, no, I, nothing about you, of course. No, no, nothing. Uh, <laughs> and so he realizes what he needs to do is get her back with her boyfriend. And then she'll be happy and she'll start being a good worker again. And she'll come back and not tell Larry any of his uh, not tell anybody any of Larry's secrets so over at St. Matthew's Medical Center we meet the star of Blast from the Past as heard on our Patreon Joey Slotnick oh my god <laughs> yeah I thought he looked familiar yeah he plays the bar owner that builds yeah. over the bunker in Blast from the Past yeah that forms a religion around the appearance <laughs> of Brendan Fraser <laughs> <laughs> Hell and yeah. oh my god! And I got to mention also one of the stars of Boston Public, which should be streaming somewhere. Somebody get on this! I can't believe I can't stream this show. Like, what's the big deal? It can't cost that much. Put it on Hulu or something. Amazon Prime, Boston Public. Joey Slodnick, one of the great stars. And I, I believe I mentioned this when we did Blast from the Past, but he sort of started making his mark before Paul Giamatti, and they're both sort of like. The same type of the character same actor. type of character actor, and so when Joe, you know, I used to call Paul Giamatti like the poor man's Joey Slotnick because Joey Slotnick <laughs> made it better, and we were fans of his my my friend group before Paul Giamatti was a thing. But then Paul Giamatti obviously like became this amazing actor and made his mark in a much bigger way than Joey Slotnick did. But Joey Joey Slotnick, what could have been, you know, because it reminds me of uh, the the Kathy Griffin and. Uh, George's assistant situation, how they were sort of the same sort of sassy, fiery redhead, one on news radio, one on Victoria's closet or whatever that Kirstie Alley show was called. And then Kathy Griffin sort of broke out and and what could have been for the other actress, you know. Um, but here's Joey Slotnick, uh, while Paul Giamatti is probably in sideways or, or maybe even past that at this point, well on his way to critical acclaim. Uh, <laughs> Joey Slotnick playing Marvin. P- and- playing, a, playing a one episode arc on a premium cable show (laughs) yeah (laughs) maybe he'll pop up again i doubt it uh because larry is there to talk to him about antoinette oh my this is where the second to last scene the penultimate scene of the episode we finally get the the name antoinette yeah the penultimate scene of the eighth (laughs) episode in the fourth season we finally learn the name of larry's assistant yes she has been in I don't know if she's in half of all the episodes, that means she's been in 20 episodes and we don't have a name for her yet. Uh, but now we finally get it. I'm here to talk about Antoinette and the breakup. We we knew earlier from um, Antoinette, it was personal and it's because Marvin, he finishes too quickly when they're getting it on. And uh, that's, that's the big issue that they broke up over. And Larry's like, I got you covered. Here is an Everlast condom. And so Larry <laughs> saves the day. And as he leaves, I love that he says, just don't put it on inside out. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, it's a I common st- thing that people I do. I couldn't stop thinking about how difficult that would but, be. Like, I was about yeah, to say how I, hard I, it would be, Ted, but uh, I realized that would be too much of a, <laughs> too much of I, a pun. Like, yeah. what is he? Is he fully unwrapping it and right. then, like, turning it un- inside yeah. out and then fully putting it on? It, yeah. And and then putting it on as it's fully unwrapped, like you you it have must be. you have to try and you have to try hard to <laughs> to to put a condom on inside out. Yeah, I mean, otherwise you're you're unfurling from underneath, which is just <laughs> yeah. not. You're gonna realize right away, like this can't be the way. This can't, this can't be right. This yeah. can't be right. And, and the the reservoir is gonna be inside. Oh, just so much of it. I'm like. <laughs> so much of it is like takes so much work and he's like it's dark in there yeah you did something that you would need a magnifying glass and a, a scientific grade <laughs> surgical light to do <laughs> so explain that larry 
uh, yeah, it, it's, it doesn't make much sense, but, but here we are, suspending our disbelief. Uh, over at Jeff's, Larry is picking up Jeff to go get his five wood, which has finally come in. Uh, because we know, I guess they didn't give it back when they discovered it in the Elder Funkhauser, Leo Funkhauser's coffin. Because that would have been Jeff's five wood, we know, that, that they used in there. So maybe they just buried him with Jeff's, Jeff's five wood. But Wandering Bear comes by as well. This was a super hilarious exchange, too, because Susie's like, get the fuck out of my house. What the fuck? I'm not fucking paying you. And Wandering Bear's <laughs> like, you don't have to talk like that. You're a better person than that. And Larry goes, no, she's not. <laughs> I love no, that. No, she's not. No, she's not. <laughs> and that's when Sus- Susan uh, is like, calls Oscar in there. to get. I'm going to call my dog. Oscar, get in here. But Oscar has been emasculated. I mean, he just comes in and just sort of like whines a little bit and lies down. And Wandering Bear offers to take a look. And Susie's like, yeah, fine, whatever. And he heals. He does do a little chant of some sort and heals Oscar, uh, who immediately <laughs> barks and gnashes his teeth and targets Larry and chases him out of the house as Frolic begins to play. But not before. The screen doesn't go black before. Larry waves at a Prius driver going I'm, the I'm opposite glad, direction. I'm glad you got that, too. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Prius. Hey. <laughs> and uh, and that's the end of the episode. All right. What, uh, what do we got for homework this week? Uh, do a little dive, a shallow dive on Girls Gone Wild. What what was their situation like in 2004? And, and sort of when did they, uh, how did they get off the ground? What's Joe Francis's deal? Just a little bit of that stuff. And are is it in thought of in some circles that, some Native Americans are immune to poison oak. Is that possibly a thing that has evolved into their gene pool, I guess, or something? We'll we'll find out just how racist that thought is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, debut of our new segment, How Racist Is It? How Racist Is This? Uh, what do you like for cover art this week? I mean, I feel like you have to have Wandering Bear in the... Uh, in the picture because it's uh, the episode's named after him. Um, he doesn't have too many good visual scenes. No. I guess like him and Oscar, but him yeah. and Cheryl, maybe I wish there was a scene of him, Larry and Cheryl, but yeah, w- yeah. one of them always disappears before the next one comes up. Yeah. Gosh, I'm trying to think of what is visually pleasing about this uh, episode. I guess Man. it's just Larry sitting in uh, sitting in the chair in the beginning watching the Girls Gone Wild infomercial. It's pretty yeah, it's funny. pretty funny. I mean, there might even be a good two shot of him and Jeff about to watch the video. You know, with <laughs> Jeff with the remote or something that could be funny. Um, or if there's a good shot of of actually the you know if, when you can see the the actual video. I know Jeff sitting on the couch. He's he re, he's really examining it. That's maybe when you get the best look at it. One thing I did notice, by the way, talking about getting looks at things, the condom wrapper did say Everlast on it. Oh wow! Okay, I was very surprised that they went that far with a prop. Like, was this? Uh, I'll tell you what. I'm gonna. Was this an actual brand of condom? Because when I hear Everlast, I think boxing equipment. You know, yeah, like- same, same. Is it the same company? Yeah. Or are, are they, they trying make- to break in? Are, are Are they making things to uh, protect your protect your hands in boxing and protect your penis? Yeah, it's like we. Well, we have this. Uh, we have this solid audience of guys. What else can we make? I've got it. Like, they want to work out longer. What else do they want to do longer? Wait a second. <laughs> Hang on. I've got it. Yeah, I thought that was really, really weird. Because you see it in the hospital when Joey Slotnick is holding it. When Marvin's holding it, you get a good look at it. I was like, that really says Everlast. Okay. So I'm going to put that down for next week, too. All right. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I'll, but there's got to be something in there. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make one of, those, one of those things work. Let's see what we can do about this week's description. Okay. So we had... A surreptitious video purchase endangers Larry's relationship with his assistant, Antoinette. I feel like the video is the crux of a lot of stuff, but it's the assistant is so because you could say a surreptitious video purchase. I mean, we're making it longer by by bringing, but it does have something to do with Oscar endangers Jeff's dog, you know, <laughs> which is a weird thing to say. Um, <laughs> A surreptitious video purchase. Do we even need to bring that into it? Like, uh, Jeff's... No, Larry's assistant. Or how about... Because, uh, I mean, it's been a standing rumor this season that Larry fucked the dog. Uh, <laughs> La- Larry orders Girls Gone Wild, which means trouble for Oscar the dog. <laughs> um, 
I love surreptitious, by the way. I love our vocabulary word that we – it's perfect. Um, a surreptitious – That we, we uh, definitely – or that I, anyway, definitely learned last week when I yeah, read this no, for the first time. I had no idea. Oh, okay, good. I wasn't the only You're one. You're so surreptitious. That's my Brendan Urie voice. We learned it was <laughs> – Honestly, you sound like Brendan Urie modern day. Yeah! <laughs> he um, does not sound good. Boo! Wait a second. I didn't realize that compliment was backhanded. <laughs> um, he's lost his emo voice. Uh, yeah, he's just Aww. so. Uh, it, it it's been years of singing the wrong way. Yes, yeah, that that strained, tightened emo voice. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe like the guy who's figured it out is Patrick Stump. How does he sound these days? Because I was always, I'm like, how does he, he do that he, night he after sound, night? He sounds good because uh, whenever Fall Out Boy was on hiatus and he released a, a solo album, he actually yeah. took vocal lessons and he learned uh, how to sing. Yeah. Uh, Brendan Urie never did that. I'm amazed that he was that when he took vocal lessons, they were like, oh, you can't sing like that anymore, that they found a way to let him <laughs> continue to use the emo voice because it's like you really do have to like really close up your like, you <laughs> That's why I was always amazed that they they figured out how to do that. Um, I know we talked before about like learning how not to fuck your voice while having, you know, an interesting voice <laughs> in the like rock bands, especially doing it night after night. Like, how do you sing? How do you sing like that? Um, so, I, uh, what about maybe we can take a purchase out of it? A surreptitious video endangers Larry's relationship with his assistant and Jeff's dog. How is that? I don't I know mind that. Is it a little longer? Is it too much longer? It's it's a little longer, but I don't think it's too much longer because it's already decently short. Yeah. A surreptitious Be- video endangers Larry's relationship with his assistant and Jeff's dog. I like it because obviously it it sounds good, but B, it sounds like it's ruining Larry's relationship with Jeff's dog, which is a running <laughs> joke of the season. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Larry's relationship <laughs> and Jeff's dog. Yeah, because we could flip it around and make it make more sense like a surreptitious video endangers jeff's dog and larry's relationship with his assistant no i, I like it the other you way. like it the other way <laughs> i like it the other way <laughs> because i mean it does like we don't know i mean oscar is pissed because larry hit him with the car yeah right and so when he gets his mojo back he targets larry immediately for revenge you know he didn't like him already but i feel like whatever happened to oscar was larry's fault and oscar knows that and so that's why he goes after him immediately um so yeah it it uh, it is true but also there's the other layer of a possible physical relationship between them so (laughs) all right i think we did it perfect that yeah (laughs) all right tim did you like this episode i did i can't give it a full star but i'll say it's an above average episode like i you know i can't even give it a good star low but it was like you know, it might be a good baseline episode of Curb, but I think it, it even rose just a slightly above better than average. I thought it was really funny, and, and it and it all comes together at the end. I love when kind of the storylines merge and stuff like that, and, and Larry gets what's coming to him at the end. Uh, and, you know, so, yes, I did like this episode. It was a solid, just textbook episode of Curb. What about you? I was going to say the exact same thing. I hey! I think this is uh, the absolute uh, bare minimum amount of humor that Curb should have, <laughs> Yeah, uh, which is a good amount. Like, it, it was yeah. funny. It, it was enjoyable. Anything, like, less than this is not enjoyable for me. I, yeah. I thought this was good, but – and th- this is – uh, weird for me because uh, th- this hasn't happened pre- prior to season four. I have starred enough episodes where if I were to give this even a star low, it's still not making my top three. Whoa. Yeah, that's I mean, that's definitely where I am, which is not weird, I guess. But uh, but yeah, for you, that's saying something. So I, yeah. I, I can't give it a star. I can't give it a star low, but it is a good episode. I did enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Like when we say it was an average episode that's like we've made this point before that's 10 times better than anything else on tv and so even when it's slightly below average that means you got you know some great laughs but maybe the storyline maybe the plot was was not as you know as consequential or as the stakes weren't as high as they could have been or something it was just lacking in some other ways but this one is like every episode of curb should be like this you know yes it should should be like this or better yeah yeah 
Yeah. So so and especially coming off of two of the best episodes of the series, it's great that this wasn't a huge letdown. You know, yeah, like they yeah. didn't go from <laughs> the carpool lane and and the surrogate to like some <laughs> some shit box of an episode. <laughs> to to uh, season six, episode two, the shit box. <laughs> the shit box. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, we were coming off a, a three episode run of stars for yeah. me. Yeah. 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 I think. Um, so, me too. Yeah. Four, because I had a star low before that. You had a star low for the weatherman. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, I'm I'm coming off yeah. a three three episode run of uh star for the five woods, star for the carpool lane, star and an upward arrow for the surrogate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it's great that, that Wh- which they one of those was your double those. star? You had a double star. The carpool lane. The carpool okay. lane. Million percent. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um yeah. So I by the way, I do have to mention well, I guess I, I want to mention something before the, the end of the episode, but um I'll let you do the, the next week's episode first. Okay. Uh, well, next week we have got season four, episode nine, The Survivor. Original air date, March 7th, 2004. And if you are looking in TV Guide that night, you are going to see Larry contemplates attempting offer from his Hasidic dry cleaner. Ah, okay. I think this is an episode that the fans love. It's referenced a lot, I think, from what I know about the fan base. Uh, so... I believe we're going to get back into 10th anniversary territory. I, I hope so, because so, it's the yeah. uh, the next to last episode of the season. <laughs> this season, I was watching it. I was like, my memory of this season was it took place 100% in New York <laughs> with Larry spending most of his time working on the producers and constantly trying to get laid. And it couldn't have been further. I'm no, like, couldn't be further I'm, from that. I'm like, does the producer storyline stretch into season five like i remember it being so much heavier with that and the 10th <laughs> and, anniversary and it's been almost nothing yeah and the thing is the producer storyline doesn't even take place in new york <laughs> yeah i know i know <laughs> <laughs> like none of this takes place in new york i don't, I don't know where you got new york maybe I know, it's just it's like from very... from early on whenever he was doing that movie with uh with uh marty scorsese <laughs> yeah maybe that's maybe that's what it was just or... kind of gotten them mixed up maybe I think I remember too. People were like, "Oh, Larry David's going back to New York." You know, Curb's been an LA show, but now it's in maybe <laughs> maybe season five does extend a New York st- storyline in some way. But but I think it may just be like the last episode of the series or season now at this point. <laughs> like, um, but I do want to mention. Speaking of the last of things, this was the last page, and I think my fourth or fifth Ooh. notes physical notebook. Yeah, my first Curb Your Enthusiasm notebook. But interestingly enough, the first episode that is in this notebook is season nine, episode 19 of Seinfeld, The Maid. Wow. That's the first thing I put in here. But I knew that very shortly we would be moving to, oh, and guess what's in here? Blast from the Past from 1999 is in here. <laughs> and then right after that, we did the Curb pilot. And oh, so very, man. Yeah, very little bit of uh, the end of the run of Seinfeld, Blast from the Past, and then started mostly Curb Your Enthusiasm. But I did buy, I'm like, whoa, better buy another... Um, you know, Curb Your Enthusiasm notebook, I want to get a different looking one. And so I found one on Amazon and the the thumbnail was kind of blurry. And I'm like, oh, whatever. It's from like a bootleg seller. You know, like these aren't licensed in any way. You know, someone just steals Curb Your Enthusiasm promo art, yeah. slaps it on a notebook and, and drop ships it from Amazon. Like that's, you know, whatever. I'm going to pay seven bucks for that. That's fine. I get it in the mail and the cover is fucking blurry. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, Tim. <laughs> and, and and all of a sudden I'm I'm Jason Bateman looking into the bag that says "Do not open, dead dove" in in Arrested Development, going, I don't know what I expected <laughs> because I got. Are you, are, you gonna, are you gonna return it? No, I'm gonna use it. Okay. Sure. Yeah, I'm gonna use my shitty blurry. Do I look like I know what a JPEG is? Um, bootleg Curb Your Enthusiasm notebook. I'm gonna use it. Use the hell out of it. It'll probably get me to the end of the series, so you know. Oh God! I'm not probably. eating that seven dollars. Not eating that seven dollars. No way. Is but, this yeah, the notebook I, that you put on? Uh, put on the no hugging Twitter a, a yeah. couple weeks ago. I gotta look yeah. at this again because I didn't look at it in depth. Oh my! It's God. like blurry as shit and off center, and uh, yeah. <laughs> and oh my like, God! <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it's so bad. It's just a portrait of Larry. Yeah, just a portrait of Larry. That you know was like curb. 
promo art from whatever some season and curb your enthusiasm is blurry and off center and the portal larry is blurry and off center and you can tell that because there's a little like so the, the notebook came with composition notebook like that little badge that they put on all of these things and, and and that's in the center and you can tell that the that larry has been like shifted <laughs> yeah, put on there shifted yeah to to the center it's almost like larry is centered because there's a white binding on it. And it's almost like, no, I can't even say that that's centered. Like, because you look at the side, you can definitely tell it's not <laughs> yeah. centered via that it, not metric centered either. centered in any way. In any way that you look at the, it. The, the, the portrait of Larry is centered with Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. With it. the blurry-ass logo of the show. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> let, me, let me ask you, whenever you take notes for the episodes, because uh, I'm seeing on the composition notebook, it is 60 sheets uh six by nine 120 yeah. pages are you a front and back guy that's my yes i am yeah okay I do the front and back how, of those yeah and how many pages per episode are you typically two front two? like so one page front and back yeah okay okay wow so th- this will cover you for another 60 episodes so yeah. th- th- this will i mean barring any movie reviews yeah this will put you two the end of the series, at, yeah. at, at least so far, because there's what eleven seasons out right now, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. They're working on season twelve. That's right. So damn, yeah. This will put you right to the end of season eleven, and then plus Great. movie reviews. <laughs> I gotta look at this piece of crap for the rest of the series. <laughs> but by that point, maybe we'll have our own merch. Maybe we'll have uh, no how you know learning notebooks. Yes, we're gonna ride the wave of the season twelve premiere. I hope. Yeah, yeah. If you uh, if you want a no hugging, no learning notebook, just let me know. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll make something. <laughs> uh, you got one customer right here, as long as good, as long as it's good. not blurry and off center. <laughs> <laughs> I'll launch a uh, what's a uh, not Redbubble, a Cafe Press. Uh, no, not Cafe Press. Maybe I am thinking of Redbubble. You yeah. you just upload artwork and yep. they put it on a bunch of different oh, yeah. products. And they just sort of print them as people order them. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe totally. I am thinking of Redbubble. We could do what, that. I wonder what the I wonder what the margins are on Redbubble. I wonder how much you get paid on that. Probably yeah. nothing. Probably yeah, I think nothing you, at all. I think you decide based on how much you want to charge for. So yeah, I mean our, our you know so Redbubble takes like fifteen bucks, and so you know we charge sixteen or whatever, and and try to you know make a buck on each one or whatever. I <laughs> I signed up because my last podcast we made shirts, and I uh, but I can't remember where we made them or. It might have been Redbubble. I don't remember, but I know. But yeah, I, know, I never saw a penny from them. Yeah, I know. T Public has like four dollar margins. Which that might have been like where it was. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. T Public might be a good one. That might have been where I made the the last one. But yeah, that'd be cool. I'd I'd order a bunch of shit. <laughs> I uh, can you? Yeah, you can do a bunch of stuff on T Public. Yeah, yeah. You just say put this on everything, and they're like, great. Throw pillows. Giant blankets. Masks. Canvas <laughs> artwork. Masks. Yeah. <laughs> notebooks and and yes stickers <laughs> yeah of course oh lord all right all right is that it yeah i think that is everything all right for no hugging no learning i'm tim murphy i'm ted hollowell be good be good